We have billionaires. We have drugs. We have pedophiles. We have a heart problem. We are America. Today we discuss all these things and more. Welcome to the Truth Response. The Truth Response. Well, what did you, did you learn anything while you were gone? Uh, I learned that cows have really long tongues. Uh, and they will try and chomp your fingers, but mostly it's just their bottom teeth, so it doesn't really hurt too much. Um, they don't like to eat bubbles. Um, some of them don't like carrots and will spit them out. Um... They make cow pellets, <laughs> which are treats for cows. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't sure where we were going with that. But. Wasn't sure either. Um, After they eat carrots, they make cow pellets. <laughs> that uh, the big bull, he's 12 years old, and he's super lazy, which is why he's still alive and around. But uh, he likes to snot all over the place, and he'll have snot dripping down his nose and down like the fence and everything, that and it's great. Like my child. He'll shake his head and he'll splatter it all over the other cows and all over him, uh, himself. So yeah. So have you ever wondered what you do on sabbatical? <laughs> that's that's it in a nutshell. You study cows. Well, I read three books in four days. <laughs> Are any of them good? Yeah. You want to tell us about any of them? Well, one was um, How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, which I've read it before. So we read it. So it's about um, being in leadership and helping out with the church without being like necessarily the person that's the lead minister or in charge um and how um and a lot of it was talking about like who like who in a workplace gets more done like the lead the ceo or whatever or the middle management or upper management or and it's usually middle management because they le- leverage their influence with what they can and you know what they can and cannot do and what they can accomplish and stuff like that so and that, so that was that one. And then the other two were about one helping hurts um, and how to give people a hand up instead of a hand out in the community. Um, and then, then a, sec- a companion book to that was more specifically about church benevolence and how to determine, how to help determine um, whether people are willing to if they put themselves in the situations that they're in and if they're willing to, you know, come up with a plan basically to help themselves out of that situation. And if they're not willing to do that and it's not something that's going to harm, harm them, like as in like abusive relationships or something like that, um, that a lot of the times you're just going to say no to them. Like if they're not willing to do that stuff, so that doesn't mean you write them off. That doesn't mean that if they come back later that you have this jaded outlook on them you just wait till they're willing to make a change and make a difference and try at least try even if they don't think that it'll work Mm -hmm. just um as long as they're willing to try and go through the steps necessary to do those things then that's when you should really help people Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that's good we're uh at work i work at um the food pantry slash other things right we we're basically a community service. Um, and that's one thing we've really been talking about, too, is how how do we, instead of just giving things out, that handout, 
how do we really uh, help people out of that situation? Because ultimately, it you know, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Mm-hmm. You teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. Um, that mentality is important when you're helping people. Um, and it's something that, that we're, we're seeing, I know in our community as we, we've been, um, trying to build community in a place that community is not easily connected. Um, we're, we're seeing that there definitely needs to be some togetherness and some reworking of some structures and, and, uh, really just communication is a big is a big first step that we need to mm-hmm. to be stepping towards so yeah and that was one of the biggest things is to reading the books and stuff it's like not that you don't love the person who's not willing to change or not right. willing to you know take responsibility for you know what is happening to them but you are not loving them by helping them out right you're mm. just you're enabling them more yeah enabling yeah. them to keep working the system to keep doing the same things and that you're not offering a solution so the idea is that you offer a solution or offer to help them find a solution and it's really about empowering them mm-hmm. to figure out okay what are the things you're good at what are the things you're interested in okay can you get a job related to that somehow like mm-hmm. or whatever and or you know, do you need to go back to school and get some kind of, you know, degree or do you need to get some vocational job training or stuff like that? So it goes way beyond just like find just helping people. It's helping them create a lifestyle that's more conducive to not only a relationship with God, because that's really the ultimate goal, but it's out of the situations that they're in or the ability to manage the situations that they're in. Yep. Because not everybody's going to come out and, you know, <laughs> have, you know, make thousands of more dollars a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. No, but, I mean, I know one thing that we see is, you know, somebody rolling up in a BMW brand making new to our food pantry. Mm-hmm. And I get that gas prices are, like, you know, crazy right now. And, and you know, inflation is going nuts with the food prices and all that. Um but obviously there's some wrong priorities there, mm-hmm. right? And there's some mm-hmm. money management that could happen mm-hmm. to where those same people wouldn't necessarily need to be looking mm-hmm. for that handout. They could be, you know, readjusting some things. Yeah. You should get rid of the BMW before you take it to the food pantry to get food for the week for your family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure that the current, as much as I, I work with a, like with the food pantry here at the church and Derek works at the food pantry, that the hours are the best for, because that's what you're going to get is right. people that are not working. Right. We kind of, yeah, you're kind of rewarding that mm-hmm. behavior by saying, all right, our food pantry is open nine to noon as mm-hmm. opposed to Cause, I mean, six to eight. I see very few people come through that look like they actually work, which some of them, like they have, I've seen some of them with like their business advertised on their cars and whatever, but you know, Mm -hmm. and things like that or whatever. But like, I can only think of one person that comes in that comes in and 
it looks like he works like his hands are dirty he's wearing work clothes like mm-hmm. he like paints you know paint all over mm-hmm. his clothing and stuff like that that's actually doing um and most of them like they don't look like they've done any kind mm-hmm. of labor well, and in a really long time that's a good point too at not only that but like most of the pantries are at similar times and overlapping mm-hmm. and whatnot right but mm-hmm. in our area but that's a really good point i mean and the people that that aren't working mm-hmm. they can obviously come whenever it's definitely a hard thing because, I mean, especially in the, the arena of the church and the nonprofit world, it's like you you are making it a part of your job and your duty to help people. And so in order to justify that, you have to put people in front of you. And in order to justify that, you've got to find things that people need or want. And then you've got to put the two together. What do they need or want and what do you have? And food pantry becomes a low-hanging fruit, no pun intended. But it's really easy to stock a room full of canned goods or non-perishables and then open up your that room once a week or once a month or whatever and give stuff out to the, mm-hmm. to the community. And you feel really good about yourself, even though you've not necessarily done any good in the community. And uh, it is a sticky time that we're in with five dollar nearing five dollar gas prices like i swallowed really hard this morning when i saw 475 like it jumped another 20 cents which is insane like Mm -hmm. i just don't understand i don't understand how we hear more about johnny depp and amber heard than we do about how we're correcting the problem with with gas prices like we talk about disappearing middle class and we talk about how people are having a hard time paying rent and so on. Well, part of the reason is because you can't afford to go to work. And when that becomes the problem, then all of a sudden you can't justify the means. And so what do you do? You figure out how I can game the system and that becomes your lifestyle instead. So I don't know, really weird place and really weird time. I feel like we're in right now. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like I personally feel like something's got to give at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's going to be, but something's got to give. A lot of it too is what because obviously it's read. It's written from a Christian, you know, perspective. The books that I read, and so they're very much talking about empowering people in the moment themselves, not just in taking charge of their in control of their lives and what's going on, but also in their relationship with with God and mm-hmm. like empowering them in that and building that relationship and that trust in God and figuring out, okay, like if you're connected to the church, like maybe, you know, you'll be able to easier find somebody to babysit your kids. Like mm-hmm. when you have that job interview or whatever, yeah. uh, or until, you know, you've been there a couple weeks and get your first paycheck and maybe somebody, you know, the idea is that if you connect them to the church, that's like a whole other family that they can, yeah. They, that can help and support them. And they said that, like, obviously there's going to be times that the church is going to get burnt by that. Um, and that's was a key part of the volunteer stuff is realizing that you probably are going to get burnt, but still being able and willing to work with people and sometimes working with the same people who have already burnt you once. Mm-hmm. And um, just to keep doing it because it's not, it's not about you. It's not about the time you spend. It's not about, it's about, 
showing God's love to people and his unconditional love to people mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've come to a place and I've encountered several people, especially recently that have just been in really challenging situations and they're disconnected from a church, from a group. And they have either very little family or the family they have lives far away and they have no support system. And man, I, I look at, at our church family and how when you connect, get connected, I mean, it's amazing what happens. The, the way people show up, meals, you know, groceries, helping to pay bills, like satisfying whatever true need that you have. And, and granted, you know, it's usually a fool me once, shame on, shame on me kind of thing, or you fool me twice, shame on you. I don't know. Shame on me is the, there you go. the second one. Fool me twice, don't fool me again. There you go, George W. That one's for you. So, because I know you're listening. Um, But uh, you run into that situation, and it's like, wow, like, as a a part of the church, you have somebody to call, typically. Even if it's the pastor, like, you have somebody to call when hard times come. And for an increasing, are we in my majority at this point, an increasing majority of the population around us, they aren't affiliated with the church to bear that burden. And I get it. There are a lot of churches that don't bear that burden either. It's come to church, pay your tithe, go home, and don't bother me with anything. And, uh, I mean, that doesn't seem like the church from the Bible, but some people think so. Well, it's definitely not the church of the the Bible or the early church where, you know, they literally sold all they had to provide for those in need. I mean... If, if a brother needs something, you, you help him the best you can. Yep. So it would be a much different place, yep. you know, America. And that's, that's one thing that has really been gnawing at me since we did that underground church Sunday was just that it keeps coming back, the concept of 340 to 360-plus million uh, persecuted Christians around the world <clears throat> when there's roughly 320 million Americans in the United States and the fact that like obviously we're not persecuted because we're probably not living like Christ you know and and I don't know I mean maybe our system is set up to where it can accommodate that a little bit but I mean I feel like Jesus told us that we would be hated Mm -hmm. and to some extent we are in America, but obviously not in an extent where they're out for us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of a thing. I mean, not in any way more than legislation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's shootings, but there's shootings everywhere nowadays. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not like it's, you know, everybody's killing Christians here in America. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just everybody's killing everybody in America, I guess, Mm -hmm. today. That's not a laughing matter, but it's just one of those things that just it it's crazy to me that that is a thing that that's a thing that's happening but you said it uh on on sunday i believe that it's a heart problem Mm -hmm. and it's so so true Mm -hmm. that we don't have a a gun problem we don't have you know a sex problem we don't have a whatever problem alcohol addiction problem we don't have these problems we have a heart problem and that Mm -hmm. is so so true and it hits 
so hard to the point of of what needs to change mm-hmm. in the church yeah. uh, today. And I know that the rest of America and whatnot has has a heart problem too. But if the church would act like, you know, like the church mm-hmm. that Jesus established, um, maybe there wouldn't be so many heart problems. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe maybe the world would hate us a little more, but yeah. maybe we wouldn't let it get quite that far. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, and there are all the places we're called to run. We're called to run to the addicts. We're called to to run to the abused. We're called to run to the, the, the women who just got out of the abortion clinic. Like they're the people who we should be running to instead of condemning. And man, far too often we're on the other side of that coin. We're waving flags and saying, well, you're no good because, and we don't take a look in the mirror and realize we're no good because of a lot of the same reasons. And we've got to change the narrative. We've got to we've got to flip all that around. And uh, and it only comes from being willing to think outside of the box of mm-hmm. the tradition that most of us have operated in for at least our lifetimes. Right. And uh, and and the church is just kind of. I, f- I feel like the church has just stagnated, probably over the better part of the last fifty years. And. It's it's a sad thing because the church is meant to be vibrant and growing and and involved and um and and to be the driver of culture and to make a difference wherever it, it exists, which should be everywhere. And yet we're we're just as guilty as the rest of the world. You know, SBC seven hundred cases of sexual abuse being covered up, like that that's crazy to me because they're one of the most prominent voices in the in the pro-life march you know in the pro-life campaign and yet here they are on the other side of it and it's it's sad but the enemy works everywhere i guess well it's not just sad it's sickening yeah it's It's sickening and it's also ironic because yeah the i mean the baptists I I grew up Baptist, and the Baptists have a very dark view of Catholics Mm -hmm. and point to, you know, all the sexual immorality within all of that, and then it turns Mm -hmm. around, and it's like, it's a hard problem. It's everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. not just them. It's not just these people. It's not just those people. It's it's, Mm -hmm. right. Speck and plank. (laughs) That is so good. It's There's a huge log, right? And, And we need to... We need to be checking that. Um, mm-hmm. And really, I think it's all a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to the the American church that if you don't do something, I don't know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, there's your breaking news, friends. Yes. Yeah, Johnny Depp wins. Yeah. Johnny Depp wins. Johnny Depp wins. $15 million. Boom. But then she gets $2 million because her, his lawyer slandered her. So. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, how does... Rich people problems. So then he only gets $13 million, right? Because, like, that's... Well, no, she's got to pay him 15 and then he's got to pay her, too. <laughs> <laughs> but according to them, it's not about the money. 
<laughs> he was, she was found guilty of all three counts of def- defamation. Wow. It's all stupid. Like this is <laughs> Here, this, here's, this here's is our really culture boring. in a nutshell, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the most intriguing thing. Okay, right so we've now. got a war in Ukraine. Yeah. We've got record inflation. We've got record gas prices. Um, we're on the verge of of seeing potentially Roe overturned. Um, obviously, there's shootings that are happening and all these kind of things. But the biggest news that has been in our in front of us for the longest time is Johnny Depp and Amber Heard on trial because they said mean things about each other. But let's 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 analyze that for a minute. All right, Why? go ahead. Why is that? Because we're depraved. <laughs> there, yes. it, it's it's. I think the reason is we don't want to see the problems, right? And we want to just get our mind somewhere else for a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like we we see in our everyday life gas prices. We see in our everyday mm-hmm. life all of these the 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 price of food is going up, you know, and mm-hmm. the price of rent is going up and the price of all of these things is go insurance is going up. All of these things are becoming harder for us. And it's all because of all of those things you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to hear about that anymore. I, I just, yeah. I would much rather just hear about the stupidity, right? Mm-hmm. This, of this, and, and, and $50 million, <laughs> you know, like, which is like blows my mind suing somebody for $50 million and then countersuing them for a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> right. Rich people problems. Yeah. Um, although it's, 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 I say that. It's it's tragic that these things are happening in people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, if it was you and me, like, I it that that's a sad thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The things that actually happened and took mm-hmm. place, uh, it's it's sad. Some of the things that they they were drugged through mm-hmm. through this trial, um, you know, drug. No, like, you said drug. You pooped I in did. the bed. No, you pooped in the bed. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, <laughs> but but just their their personal stuff. Just got should have stayed personal, yeah, right? Just... Like because it's tough enough. I, I mean, regardless of where you stand on any of it, like it's it's tough enough having to relive some of the mess that you've had to live through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to Much have to live through it on a on trial, yeah. you know, worldwide viewing. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, I don't you know. Put yourself in that situation. That's what's going to happen. Sure, repercussions. Sure, but if if we could just keep it a little less public you know right. like well if we'd have a little less ego we well, would keep it a little less but if public we, right? It, right if sure. we went through the same situation it would be completely different because we're not famous right now nah, but if i killed you i'd be on tv yeah i mean you guys definitely wouldn't be working in the millions either you your case would get settled for like 15 bucks instead of 15 <laughs> million and then you'd owe her or she'd owe you two bucks because she, I said some nasty things before you killed me. She said some nasty things before. So. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Serenity would see none of it because that's how the world works. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, stupidity, right? Like, it's it's ridiculous. The Yeah. And if I can, and that's like so many people, and I'm guilty of this, uh, I'd rather focus on other people's problems than mine. Mm. Sure. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the easy route. Mm. Like it's we true. we all want to take the easy route. Yeah. It's not the best for us. No. Most of the time it's not. Mm-hmm. But all of us have that desire to to do the easy thing. Mm-hmm. 
and those who become see okay so i hear people complain about wealthy people all the time and they think that wealthy people sit around and do nothing all day long and just own businesses and that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard i just need to get this off my chest <laughs> so like that people who own companies jeff bezos whatever you think about him personally He's constantly working. Mm -hmm. He is going, 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 never stopping. Mm -hmm. He's never slowing down. He, that's why he has more money than anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's because he knows how to manipulate the system, work the system, come up with new ideas and great ideas, whatever it might be. I find people and that he come doesn't, up with great ideas. He doesn't sit on his butt and do nothing, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the choice to work hard that has gotten him where he's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you A think otherwise, you're wrong. It's just, it's simple willing. truth. You're wrong. Yeah. And like, that's what you hear a lot from like the upper guys, like Elon Musk and them, like they work like 18, 19 hours a day. Like right. a day. Like Their meals are meetings. Yes. They, they're, they're, <laughs> on the phone from one place to the next yeah, in a meeting. Not, yeah, and... They go home and sleep for four or five hours and, and get up, and do, get it up and do it all over again the next day. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's... And to get that much, and even in that time, they're probably going to get, you know, ten times more than I can get done in a day done just because they're better at organizing their time and... You know, well, they've been they've been doing, doing it, it, yeah. Right? So yeah. like, you got to give them that too. They've been yeah. been doing that, um, but they recognize also that they, they they work under this this idea that you know they're not always right. Mm -hmm. They know that. Mm -hmm. They also work off of the idea that if they don't work hard, no one else is going to do it for them. Yeah. You know that's that's how the world works. If yeah. you don't do the work, nobody's just going to hand you. 150 million dollars yeah. you know it's just not gonna happen in fact the money that you win if you win the powerball has been stolen from how many millions of people right like that that's all piled up because people have thrown their money in this hat so they can win something easy the, the easy way right but mm -hmm. think about the people who don't win but have spent hundreds if not thousands of dollars in a year mm on playing powerball but there's still a chance sure there's Hope. a chance and you know what the reason why most of the people that win go bankrupt is because people who don't know how to manage little can't manage a lot mm -hmm. and that's scriptural whoa that's bible whoa that's a straight bible right whoa. there i mean but truthfully mm -hmm. like yeah. if you can't handle a little bit you're not going to be able to handle a lot. Yeah. I've uh I just wrapped up a pretty pretty interesting simple read. It was about the the book of Ben Carson. Um book that he wrote just it's called Think Big and how his approach to life really. And so Ben Ben Carson, if you don't know his story, he grew up poor, like po, like they couldn't even even for the rest of the letters, right? And his po, mom, po. his mom had a, a third grade education, and um, dad left when he was young, 
and it just it was a shot to his system. He was the worst student in his class, like worse than the worst. Like everybody was like, "Oh, this guy, he, he's kid, he's not going to go anywhere." And then his mom, his mom just observed. She was very observant, even though she wasn't incredibly well educated from a formal education standpoint. And she did a lot of cleaning and a lot of like service work for very wealthy people. And she just wondered, all right, how did these people get here? And she noticed it was the time and the effort and the energy and the work that they were willing to put in. And so what she noticed in her boys was that they're not putting in any time, effort, energy, and work. They're just doing whatever they want. Like, it's free-for-all. So she basically took the TV away from them and said, you get two programs for the entire week. And you're going to read two books every week. And you're going to write me a summary, a book report for each book that you read. And this happened for the better part of their formative years. This was what was required of them. And Ben Carson went from the worst student to the best student, made his way into the best college, made his way into Yale. I think it was Yale. Um, Went to Yale. Um, who selected as one of two students to get a residency somewhere uh, for one of the medical things that he did. Um, when he made it to college, I mean, premier college, he was no longer the, the big fish in the little pond. Now he was a big fish in a big pond and noticed that there were other people who were outworking him. And so he, he his, his mom always told him something like, um, um, figure out how to do your best and then do better or something like that. It was one of, one of those little catchy things that just kind of hung up, hung with him. And, and uh, he noticed that other people were, were a little more well gifted than he was. And he figured out how he best learned. And so he would read more and study more and work harder and do better. And uh, he became one of the most world renowned neurosurgeons in in history of the world at this point and performed some of the most intricate and challenging surgeries ever performed on human beings and uh, a movie about him and uh, read his biography and, and all, all that good stuff. But in it, he lays out an analogy and I can't remember the whole analogy, but it uses think big as, um, as an acronym. And a big part of that is always learn, always be, be learning always seek to gain knowledge, always work hard and and give your absolute best to everything that you do because the only person you're going to disappoint in all of it is going to be you. So always put in the effort and the time and the energy and be your absolute best. And if you're not, the only person you have to blame is you. And uh, it's, it's really cool the way he pulled it all together and to hear his story and to hear how so many other people influenced him and they were, they were kind of mavericks, like they were risk takers in their field as well. And when somebody said, oh, no, you can't, they're like, I'm going to figure out how. Watch me. And they did. And because of that, they performed incredibly intricate and, and life-saving surgeries because they were willing to take one extra look, because they were willing to do one extra thing that other people had already written off. And... Um, his his big kind of come to Jesus moment at the end of it is that, look, if I can do this, anybody can. 
I was just willing to put in time and the effort and the energy. I, I didn't do anything any different than anyone else other than I I followed what my mother's I lead he's was. saying that he wasn't an extraordinary person to start off with. Right, exactly. He, <laughs> he, he wasn't like an, an extraordinary person. person to start off with, and he became a world-renowned neurosurgeon and um, was in one of the cabinet offices for, for Trump's presidency, ran for president, um, and author just well published when it comes to medical journals and uh it's all because he he was poured into and encouraged to believe that he could do anything he wanted to and he did and that's the place i think we need to work to try to get to as well because there's probably neurosurgeons sitting in in the high school down the road that uh, is kind of like the last chance high school that nobody wants to go to, but nobody's ever challenged them mm. on it. Nobody's ever called them up. Yeah. And <clears throat> we've got to do better to do those things. Yeah, it's good. Nobody, uh, Nobody's ever become great by sitting where they're at. Yep. That's for sure. Yep. Read books. That was his big thing, Ben Carson read books that yeah, was, i feel like i need to read remember more books. that was his r read read books lots of books i think i do need to read more books because i always talk about how like i struggle reading and, yeah. and i'm super slow at it and i can't remember anything so i have to like read it a second time and all that but everybody tells me well you got to read more in order to get better at it and it's like mm, or i could just not but yeah it's a learned thing maybe that's something i need to uh need to set a uh a, a goal in my life towards it i've wanted to do one book a month and i'm at nine so far that's pretty big and we're at <laughs> we're at um june so i'm a little bit ahead which is awesome yeah uh a friend of mine I, I, I reached out to <laughs> i reached out to a Onward. friend or actually i reached out to a bunch of friends um when i was trying to figure out where i was going to go with my sermon and um a friend of mine has this, like, he calls it uh, pre-established determination. So, like, the idea that you already have decided you're doing something, mm. and then when the question comes up later down the road, oh, do I really want to do this, you've already answered that question, and you you can press on a little easier mm -hmm. if you've already made that decision. And, and we were talking about the fact that, like, um, like, well, his example was he had a friend who struggled with coming to church. Mm -hmm. And he would get up in the morning on Sunday and just be like, ah, do I really want to go? Do I really want to get out of bed? You know, and that that battle would be lost most of the time, mm -hmm. you know, because he's like, nah, I'll just go next week, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, and he, he was talking with him about it, and he was like, decide now mm -hmm. if you're coming to church on Sunday. Decide right now if, if that you're coming to church on Sunday. And he said that, you know, once he, he had this, the decision was already made. There's no question on Sunday when he got up whether or not, you know, he was going to come. Mm -hmm. it, it, the decision was already made. And so our life is really, it needs to, needs to model that. Mm -hmm. Like everything that, that we're doing is building us towards, everything we go through is, is building us towards, 
you know, that what's next, Mm -hmm. you know, God is constantly molding us, um, into that shape and letting us go through things so that we can answer the question when we get there. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to decide to, to, to learn those things Mm -hmm. along the way and to make those decisions along the way and to decide to, um, study scripture and mm. to, s- to decide to, to better ourselves and, and to get together and sharpen each other. Um, and if we're not doing those things, when giants come along, they look real big. Mm. Right. And as we've, we've talked about with David, like Goliath was not big to him mm. because God was so much bigger mm-hmm. that he knew already that it, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about the fact that David fought bears and lions. Mm -hmm. And I think about the average teenager today. Mm -hmm. I mean, no offense to the average teenager, but... I don't fight no bears. (laughs) I mean, I I see some of them get kind of nervous whenever a lion jumps at the the glass at at a zoo. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, to be able to fight them with confidence and, and... I mean, okay, let's throw this back at you. How confident would you be going up a bear or or a lion? (laughs) No, no, no. I know. No, no. I I get that. No, absolutely. Not, right? (laughs) Right. But, well, I'm just making the example that David was a teenager, right? Um, Probably somewhere in there, whether it was 12 or whatever. He wasn't 20, right? Teenagers would be more excited to go fight a bear or a lion than a They'd be excited. true. But they would probably be just as terrified well, then teenagers are stupid. Like, mm-hmm. I think well. Oh, okay, well, that's that fair. You're coming to a grand right. realization. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. Should have Teenagers aren't people. Their brains aren't we'll fully developed yet, yeah. right? We got to put that out there. When you don't have a fully developed brain, anything and everything could be a good idea at any moment. Yeah, okay. I know some he wasn't people thinking in about their what 20s and 30s <laughs> who, uh, right. Right. who are in the don't, they don't have fully boat. developed brains. Yeah. 25 is really when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. The problem comes I've from a lot of video games that are played where if you do something dumb, you just respawn. You just respawn. Yeah. Do pe- people don't actually think that way. Well, they don't think that way, but they it kind of like sneaks that. in, you know? <laughs> just, like how, well? just like how when you watch violent stuff, violence just comes a little, comes a little it's easier. Like, uh, it's like the new Jumanji movie. Like You smack your chest and the thing pops up and it tells you how many lives you have left. Or wait, no, that was yeah. on the wrist. I yeah. guess that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would have been an all right transition, but. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I don't know. Just the the idea that we are, we are called to live like, like David with that God goes before us and all that we do mentality like we're all called to be like that and something that as we were talking about you know you you were looking over you know my sermon notes as of so far and uh, one thing you pointed out was that um, you know David let me see David didn't have Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have Jesus to lean on yet, you know. And and the thing that that Jesus did for us, and that's you know, die for us, you mm-hmm. know, made that assurance of of eternity for us. Mm-hmm. 
and we have that to look back like david didn't even have that and he went into all of these things like we have that to stand on mm-hmm. and yet we don't live like we have that right you know we don't live with that determination that it doesn't matter if you sound dumb inviting the cashier to church it doesn't matter if you you know if you might be a little extra tired because you stayed up talking to the person that you don't really care for at church you know that you don't really like all night long because they were struggling Mm -hmm. you know like we don't we don't live like that Mm -hmm. and i think that heads back to why we have a heart problem in america today is because the church isn't living like they have jesus and the assurance of the victory of eternity Mm -hmm. um we live in the here and now and don't understand you know the romans 8 mindset you know and the, the all of the different things that have gone through i don't know that have gone through that people have gone through you know to get us to where we can understand that it's simple we shouldn't live for today we should live for eternity and in all the things we do we should have that jesus goes before us in yeah well it's it's the the place we're in is is working to remove that sense of identity and that well it's working to remove the truth really i mean that's that's what we get to we get to get down to and that's why we do what we do but it's it's the whole life only exists inside the parameters of the days you're given. We don't have eternal focus anymore. And those those that do maybe are even a little misguided in some of the thoughts that, that they, we have about what eternity looks like and how it is that we can grab hold of... Um, you know, of, of what it is we've been created for, I, you got to feel like at least reading through scripture that there was always an eternal focus. There was always something that everyone was reaching toward, and they were a far more spiritual people, and a lot of people currently would argue, well, it's just because they didn't have science, and they didn't have all these breakthroughs, and they didn't have technology, and they didn't have all the things we have, and so, like, one of those atheistic theories is God of the gaps, that if if there was a gap in something that we can't explain, it's only a matter of time until we can explain it, and the Christian world just labels it God in those things, and eventually we can explain it away. And yet all of the really profound questions can't be explained away. Where's morality come from? That can't be explained away. What is beauty? That can't be really explained. Um you know, and what is truth? Like, that's another one of those, like, these questions are all older and and have existed long before we have, and it makes us, it puts us in a place where we work to define those things, but when we don't have a true basis for where they come from, we'll never firmly achieve what we were called to. So if, if my, um, my concept is, my belief is there is no God, and yet, 
I, I believe it's wrong to do X, Y, Z. I believe it's wrong for a gunman to go in and, and shoot 19 children in an elementary school. Where's my foundational, my foundation of morality? And, you know, the other the atheist, atheistic view is, is, well, it's evolved. We've evolved into believing that what right and wrong is. But it still doesn't give us any true moral foundation or moral framework for why we believe what's wrong and what's right and what's good and what's bad. And those lines are all being constantly blurred now. Mm. Because whatever anybody wants to be true is true. Well, we're seeing we're seeing the the progression of that mindset mm-hmm. starting to happen in our country. Yeah, like, absolutely. the The idea that well, we don't want to call them pedophiles because that's a little harsh of a term. Why yeah. don't we call them minor attracted persons? Yeah, like where does that lead? Yeah, it's it's very obvious where that leads. It's not. There's no question to where that leads. That leads to someday that being okay. Yep. And if that's the world of morality that people want to live in, well, then the end is justified. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is justified. Mm-hmm. Because most, if not all people, would say that that's wrong, mm-hmm. right? Like, pedophilia is wrong. But we're working towards a society that thinks that it's not right and that it's encouraged yeah it that's it, where it's headed we're not quite there yet right and but it, that's it's, where we're headed so it's interesting when when you begin to look at history and like let's take the roman empire for example because i i i would say there's a lot more similarities between it and an american culture than we want to admit <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Isn't there something in Revelation about a second Rome? Yeah, I'm right. Just saying, like, Isn't there? Anyways. Yeah, right? Yeah, interesting. Right? Interesting. So it, it, it's it's crazy because that was kind of what led the Roman Empire into extinction was this whole, like, I know you have the Holy Roman Empire, which emerged, which kind of cannibalized what was left of the Roman Empire, and then it didn't have any legs to stand on. But why did it cannibalize the, the empire the empire as it was because they started to divine morality and right and wrong and good and bad and, and sexuality and all of these things became the quote unquote gods of their, of their culture. And aren't we seeing the same things happen today? It wasn't uncommon in Roman culture for an older man to take a younger boy and molest him. And he was called his mentor and his teacher. That wasn't uncommon. That was a normal thing. It wasn't uncommon for, uh, we know, uh, I mean, Scripture speaks of all of the the pagan temple um, prostitutes and all of those kind of things. Like, that was a normal thing. And in fact, you find in Ephesus, there was a, a revolt and um, and a riot because the, because the Christians were taking away from the business of the people who were forming all of these pagan, idol, metal, wooden gods. And so all of the the business owners were up in arms because of it, and they started a riot and blamed it on the Christians. Like, that's crazy. But, hmm, isn't, aren't we starting to see those same things happen? 
starting to – I mean, we've seen for the better part of the last, what, 50 years, 60 years, idol worship that involves child sacrifice. And that was, we've, that's what I was going to say. We've was, called it abortion. <laughs> and then we've called it – no, we we've, we've, don't even call it abortion. We call it um, uh, a woman's right to choose is what we call it. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Wow, it's not really changed in 2000 years. No, so. that's, what, that's why I have such a hard time when people say, like, I've heard a lot of, it's usually older Christians uh, and people that have been in church for a long time, like, oh, I see, you know, the end times are coming or whatever. And they're just so like, oh, like, and I was like, do you know anything about the Roman Empire? Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is most of the ones that I know, like, because my grandfather was one of those that he thought the end times was coming soon because I was like, like, no, we're just, like, your generation was just better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Like, your generation hid the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's just becoming more of mainstream now, like it was with the Roman right. Empire. Like, you can't hide and it he's now. A, yeah, yeah. And, and which it, it kind of always baffled me because he was kind of a histor- history buff. And, like, I'm just like, it's nothing new. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like Solomon said, there's nothing new under, <laughs> under the sun. Like. Yeah. People have been doing these same things, you know, before, and, like, maybe it became not okay as a general thing, but it, you know, it's like bell-bottoms. Bell-bottoms are coming back, you know? Like, (laughs) like it makes a resurgence, and then, you know, it's like we swing on a pendulum back and forth, and that's when I studied, you know, in college Christianity and stuff, there's a lot of those swings, like... um, with the Roman Catholic Church and then the the Greek Orthodox, like one extreme to the next, and mm-hmm. so there's these swings back and forth, even in Christianity, of mm-hmm. one extreme or the other. So why why wouldn't the world be like that too? Like, okay, mm-hmm. this is okay, okay, this is not okay now, and we've got to the point where, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's not anything new. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've had a couple of these discussions lately with some some people, some guys specifically, who've been like. Ah oh, man, Nick, it's you know it's the end. Like we're we're coming into the end days. I was like, yep, they started two thousand years ago <laughs> when Jesus rose from the grave. It, they're coming, and I'm sure they thought these same things in 400 BC at the fall of the Roman Empire, yeah. and I'm sure they thought those same things during the um, um, the Islamic uh, mm-hmm. Crusades, and then I'm sure they thought these. Same things. Fast forward to World War World War One, and then they thought all those same things during World War Two, and it's just been been this perennial. Well, we're it's gonna happen in my lifetime. Like Jesus is gonna return in our lifetime, and I think the big thing that drives us is I think there's some ego that's tied behind oh, that yeah. because it's like my generation was the last generation or it's the last good generation the last yeah the last good generation <laughs> or it's the ego of somehow i deserve to see jesus come back in my lifetime <laughs> i don't think yeah. that any of us deserve that <laughs> i don't know i think well, it's also a worry of could it get any worse <laughs> i don't know man i mean like we talked about we've talked about on here like the fact that you know, there's nothing new under the sun, but the things that aren't new under the sun have gotten much worse. Like, mm, it's easier worse, to get a hold of. It's right, but that's yeah. worse. Like, because yeah. it's more rampant, right? Like, yeah. there's millions upon millions of more people mm-hmm. 
and there's way more accessibility with a lot more anonymity for all of the bad things that you want, right? All of the desires of your heart that drag you away and entice and kill you. Like, all that stuff is super easy to get your hands on anonymously in in the world today. Mm-hmm. And I think that as the world progresses, it's just going to get even worse in that aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's yeah. it's going to become accepted. That's the worst that it could be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that it is not no longer just it's anonymous, but, man, shooting up some heroin is in it that's the way to go you know like that's that's not just accepted but like it's praised you know or the pornography right dude like, listen to our music raised right right well yeah absolutely but but it's not it's not it's not to the point where all society feels that way yet i mean we're singing about it dude we're getting there it's like, prepping it right it's prepping it i i know a lot of people have very mixed feelings about the whole marijuana thing but it's like what is it legal in 39 states for recreational use something like that and it is here in florida or getting here in florida i don't know it's not i don't think it's recreational okay yet, not here, here yet florida. but it's coming right and it's just one of those like i don't know like a real slippery slope and then you can argue well alcohol well whatever like i don't know there's a lot of other research and studies that have been done to prove the long-term effects of of recreational marijuana use and how it affects your brain, your body and your capacity to, to reason for long periods of time. So it's like, we're starting to accept those things. hundred thousand people died last year of overdose. First time in the history of the world (laughs) that a hundred thousand people have died in America of drug overdoses in a 12 month period. Does that include alcoholism or no? Uh, that was just um, that was just, just dr- yeah like, drugs. I think it was fentanyl so or those yeah yeah um, things that we typically consider drugs right right so yeah the hard drugs the the illegal drugs at this point right so and you don't you hear I mean and you've heard you've heard music and you you see it in movies like how many how many movies recently that are pretty major outside of like Marvel movies glorify specifically marijuana use or other drug use. You see it happen all over the place. Right. I mean, it's almost every other movie that is released. Watching Stranger Things. Stranger Stranger Things season four, y'all. Okay? Haven't got there yet. It's really good. And what's one of the things that's happening, right? Recreational marijuana use. And it's using to help this young guy cope with all the crazy that has happened in his past. And no it's, it's the funny, and you got the funny surfer like <laughs> dude that drives around in a van, His and name he's is Argyle. Yeah, and he's just so Ooh. chill, and everything is so good, and he's so philosophical. Like, wow, you do that voice really well. You got that guy that's rolling around too. And it's like, ah, like oh, the guy's voice for the guy's voice for dude. Tough. I want to be chill like that guy. I just and I just want to deliver pizzas forever, like that's so. What you're saying, good. Nick, is that this is the gateway into the other stuff becoming. It's got to be way. right. I mean, I mean, I think that is. that's the only path that the world has to go left. You know, like yeah. we we went from being, you know, it, things could be hidden, mm-hmm. right, and quiet because it we didn't have the internet, and we didn't mm-hmm. have all that stuff, to now like you can do 
I'm sure you could easily buy drugs online. You know, mm. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't seek that stuff. But mm. I mean, I'm sure that that's a thing. I'm sure you can get it somewhere. I mean, with all the other stuff you can buy online, dark web. Yeah. Oh, dark web. There you go. You could buy body parts there. Um, oh, yeah. Parts. Can I get a new um, thumb? I like this one, but I'm just wondering if I could. You want maybe a second thumb? Get a second or a longer, like thumb? A longer thumb? Thumb extension. A longer thumb? That thumb way, when extension? I give thumbs up, thumb ups, thumbs up, it would just have more of an effect. More power. Yeah. More punch. Wow, this went weird. Um, <laughs> as, it wasn't me. As do all things dark web, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it it that's a scary thing. Mm. Like that's. I, I hope, I hope that the Lord comes back before that happens. Yeah, you know? it, it is. I mean, it seems like it accelerates, and maybe it's just, it's just perspective. And again, maybe it's a generational thing. It's happened in every other generation, and we're this is just the generation we live in. But it's like, dude, in in my lifetime, in thirty seven years, like there were, were obviously laws in the books against marijuana use. There were. Um, laws in the books against explicit content laws in the books against a bunch of other a bunch of things that are kind of becoming the norm now it was illegal um gay marriage was illegal um sodomy was illegal like you've got a whole bunch of these these things that were illegal and in the past 37 years like okay and that's not even counting the 20 years before that when abortion became legal so, I mean, think about what's happened in this compact time of 60 years. Abortion becoming Ill, coming legal. Um, you know, peace, love, sex, rocks and, rock and roll, all that good stuff. Um, you've got development of more synthetic drugs, that, which is the reason why there are, have been such a high, a high number of overdoses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's because it's synthetic. It's all—it's not even creation— made like it's right. your own creation which is why it's killing people um you know you you've got we're in the today is day one of pride month like okay that's something you never would have thought of in, in the past 30 years like we're gonna have a month that just celebrates pride and i get it it's dedicated towards lgbtqia plus or whatever they are um but it's pride <laughs> at the at the core of what it is, and it's like I don't know. I feel like there's been this acceleration of well, yeah, because I remember being in high school, being all confused about the Labor Day and wearing white and all that stuff. You know, like I'm like I don't understand any of that junk, and associating that with you know gay people and all that, and I don't know why, but that that was the what my brain went through, and yeah. and then there was a day, <laughs> and then there was a week, and right. now there's a month, and it's like. It just since I've been in high school, that's been the progression of just circles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yep. That's but crazy. Take a look back in Genesis, right? In the first few chapters of Genesis and the escalation of the sin hmm. um, mm-hmm. almost mirrors today. Hmm. And like we look at like a lie in, in Genesis when, when Adam and Eve lied and they said, I don't know what you're talking about. Like. I ain't, I ain't touched none of it. I ain't touched none of that. That might be my meme. Um, and then you look at a few a few chapters later, Cain and Abel, 
you see you see Cain kill his own brother, and mm-hmm. a few chapters later, more and more starts to happen, and then you get to the flood. <laughs> you get to, yeah, you get to the flood where um, it got so bad that God was just like, all right, hard reset. Let's try this again. Well, it's ironic that you that you get all the way to there because then what's God promised us after the flood? I'll never flood the earth again, mm-hmm. right? Not too long later, there's there's a promise. I mean, it was a couple thousand years, but that next time it's going to be by fire. Yeah. And there's going to be a cleanse. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a cleansing of the world. And it it's coming. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, the escalation is still going. Right. Is my point in all that. Like, we, if we lived back then, we wouldn't imagine what it would look like today mm-hmm. like we, if if i was if i was you know adam or eve right and i hear people talking about like oh yeah um you know Whatever. someone shot up a school right shot up a, a class of elementary school students like i would my head would explode yeah but it's so normal now it's so normal and we, we don't have any concept of what it's going to look like in the future because we haven't we haven't seen it yet. Right, and but, I, I mean, we can see where it's going. Right. Like, that's that's the whole thing is, like, and you hit the nail on the head, man. We've seen it. We, we've seen it in Scripture. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's, and, it's happened before. <laughs> and I feel like the churches that are doing it right and trying to make a difference, they probably feel like the Old Testament prophets, like, they were sent to these people, and the people aren't listening. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're crying out and trying to tell them what's going to come and what's going to happen, and they don't believe them. And yet God still continues to call those prophets and call those people out and be like, you know, you need to be a light into this world, whether they believe you or not, whether they hate you or not, whether they're going to chase you down and kill you or not. Like, And I think... I've always wondered if, if the escalation that... that you know, because people ignore mm-hmm. all that. I always wondered if we haven't seen the, like, mm-hmm. like Jesus coming back yet, and the time is not known because it's dependent on whether God's people are... Trying or not. Trying or not. That's an interesting... You know, like, because it, yeah. it, nobody knows when it's going to happen, right? Even Jesus says he doesn't know, only the Father knows when it's going to happen, um, which is interesting to think about you know in his in his human side of things um but like it's it almost makes you wonder if like because it's not the first time right you see abraham yeah you know and he's like look would you not destroy him if it was if there was this many you know like and and god kind of plays this game of okay yeah i won't and and I, i i've always wondered if there's just a point in which you know we stop as his people doing the things that are righteous mm-hmm. and to a point where it's like okay well, now is the time well and that's an interesting point too because there was what between old testament and new testament 600 years of silence four i think it was four four hundred years of 400 years of silence so like where no new prophets or anybody was called up to speak for God. 
Right. So uh, we're, we're going to need to have four hundred, at least more than 400 years of silence. And I'm sure the Jews probably thought that that was, that meant that the end times were coming. <laughs> well, I mean, there's been <laughs> or quite a few years times, of silence. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what you mean by silence, because there was still, yeah. there was still, still that believers, you know, yeah. and there was still people that were teaching and preaching and, and all of that, you know, in the, the my, synagogues my and the temples that, and stuff like that. My thinking but, is that there wasn't enough people that were willing to even listen. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily the case because look at how big a deal the Romans made Jesus's mm-hmm. uprising. Not that he was having an uprising, yeah. but the yeah. uprising that the the Jewish leaders called it, mm-hmm. right? Like enough so that they, they made it a play on, on, on Jesus becoming this this person that's gonna bring this uprising against you know not only the jewish people but against the romans maybe it's it's because the like the if there was prophets it wouldn't have changed anybody's mind maybe that was kind of the sure yeah absolutely absolutely it wasn't gonna like the people were already decided you know what they believe and what they were gonna follow and you weren't gonna change somebody's mind jesus says that doesn't he i mean he's like doesn't matter if I show you miracles, you know, like yeah. you're not, you're not going to believe, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, if you wouldn't believe back whenever, you know, you were being pulled through the wilderness, like what's going to change now, right. you know? So I don't know, like there's some crazy stories coming out of the Middle East though, mm-hmm. you know, people seeing visions, having dreams of Jesus and you know, being willing to risk, you know, their very lives to follow after Jesus, even though the only thing they've known of him is from a dream. Like, that's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that we don't in, in our society think about on a regular basis. And and so maybe maybe it's just not there yet, but we can see where it's going. And it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, man, it's a really good. It, it, you're drawing it back to something really solid, and if you think about it, I mean, it's it's written through scripture very much the same way. Like you see the progression. Even like John, John points out he or John men, uh, lines things up in in his gospel very much like Genesis begins its, you know, its start and all that. And uh, there's a lot of correlations to all of that. But, like, man, that's that's the story of of the world yeah. that we're in, not just the world past. And, I mean, you hear everybody crying today and looking around at what our, what our world is and what it is like the crazy that's going on and they're all wondering why is all this bad stuff going on like what what can we do what can we do to stop this and then you know the church responds with well we know what's going on and everybody's like nah it can't be that it's got to be something else it's got to be something else that's going on yeah your sky daddy yeah you and your sky daddy yeah exactly you you and you your you know this God that you have that is so great. But with all of the so... crazy stuff, not not crazy stuff that, I mean, 
with all the crazy stuff that is said in the Bible, like, how could you not believe? But even the crazy stuff that's happened in the last 20 years, how can, how can that be anything other than him? You know? Which, I mean, I guess my, my view of that is, is biased because I, you know, grew up in that. So it's a little easier for me to see. But if you look, like, if you look, you'll see it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I think we've talked about it before. The the reason people don't want to see it's because they want to make up the rules. Yeah, they they want to be their own god, and and uh, as long as we as Christians are not living like the Lord is going before us, and that He provides all that we need, and that that mentality of like I'm ready to walk through the valley of the shadow of death like I'm ready for that because the Lord's already been there yeah he's he's already gone ahead of me he's already at the end a concept that I'm I've been toying with um a lot of people have talked about um Psalm Psalm 23 having been maybe written a little bit later in in David's life but something I've been thinking about cuz it, it's nothing nothing's definitive the only thing that's definitive is that it was written by David um that's the only thing we know no no for sure I was almost thinking about it like what if this is his like what if this is his pump up music before war yeah. Before a battle. You know, like this is his jam where he's like, okay, getting that nervous feeling a little bit. And he's like, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I don't need anything because he always provides it. And and he's going to restore my soul and he's going to lead me in the right places. And then he's like, and you know what? And even though I'm going to walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I don't, I'm not going to fear anything because God is with me and he protects me and he's my protector and he's already gone ahead of me. And you know what? One step further, he's starting to get really pumped up and really just ready for what God has for him because that's how he went into everything was not necessarily I'm going to go kill these people. It was I'm going to go this direction and God's going to guide me in every step. Right, and he gets to this point where he's like, you know what? And and not only is God gonna protect me in the midst of this this death valley, right? But he's gonna he's gonna prepare a table before me. Yeah, he's gonna overflow my cup of blessing so that those around me can't help but but receive blessing in the midst. of of my enemy like it's it almost feels like david's david's pump up song mm-hmm. you know pump up the jam pump it up you know like it's that's it man i know that's a little old for you but um <laughs> it's a little old for me too but yeah. um but I, honestly like that's it's almost how it feels whenever you know whenever you read it and are thinking about this idea that you know, David had the heart of a warrior. Um, it's kind of a, a kind of a an interesting interesting thought. I don't know. 
But why don't we have that? Why don't we act like the the valley of the shadow of death is is no big deal? Why don't we live fearlessly? We like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. As Christians, we talk about it all the time, right? It's all over our music. But if we truly lived like it, we wouldn't have such a heart problem in this country, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So, whether you eat or sleep, dance, sing, go to church, go to work, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It's a big, tall order of difficult but as we talked about, the easy path is rarely the right one, mm-hmm. and it's rarely the best one. Mm-hmm. The Christian life is difficult. It's tough. It's why we need each other. It's not just a, a, a nice thing to say and think about. Like We actually do need each other to keep each other sharp whenever we come against... Um, <coughs> the spiritual enemy um, that that we face in the world and our, our weapon, uh, our sort of truth gets dented. Like, we need each other to stay sharp and we need each other to move on. And so if you guys have anything that you guys need, if you guys have any prayer requests, if you guys have any thoughts, if you don't agree with us on something, send us an email. Reach out to us. It, it's the truth response at gmail.com um we've got a facebook and we kind of have an instagram and we kind of have a twitter Derek which really we need to get better at if, if anybody's interested in and running some of that stuff reach out to us at the truth response at gmail.com um but we are here for you guys yeah, we love you so, guys their social media person quit <laughs> Our social media person quit. Yeah. Um, and me. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie decided she didn't want to do it. We love you guys. Thanks for listening and joining us today. Um, and God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.